Welcome to the 448th episode of the Reading and Writing Podcast. Stay tuned for my interview with writer Elizabeth Chatsworth, author of the debut novel, The Brass Queen. Stay tuned for the interview. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Elizabeth Chatsworth, author of the debut novel, The Brass Queen. Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you very much for having me. Sure. Well, if someone hasn't heard yet about your debut novel, The Brass Queen, how would you describe the novel? It's a gas lamp fantasy or a steampunk adventure or a romantic fantasy in in an alternate history, a Victorian world with steampunk inventions. So it depends on your take, but basically it's adventure, comedy and romance in a steampunk world. And do you remember the original impetus or idea that led you to write The Brass Queen? Absolutely. So I was rapidly approaching my 50th birthday, and I had never written fiction in my life, even though I've always been an avid reader. And I was lamenting to my husband of all the things I hadn't done, including writing a book, because of course, that's almost everybody's goal at some stage in their life. One day I should write a book. And he said, why don't you write one? And so I said, I have no idea where to start. So he suggested signing up for a a writing class. So I actually signed up for an online writing class with David Farland. And the first exercise was a world-building exercise. And so I wrote about the steampunk world because my husband and I were uh, very interested in steampunk. We went to the conventions. We put steampunk cosplay, all these things. And I just did this exercise about this world where this airship attack happens during a debutante's ball. And David loved it so much. He said, you really should turn this exercise into an entire book. And that's what I did, even though I had no experience. And over the the next six years, I've been writing the draft and going through the revisions and going through the publishing maze until finally, this week, it's actually being published. So it's been quite a journey from absolutely no experience to holding the hardcover in my hands. And so how was the, the process once you had it written of finding a publisher? Oh gosh, it was it was an entire roller coaster journey. Lots of thrills and spills. So the initial draft took me a year because I was a beginner. I was a, a slow writer. I edited as I went along, not knowing that I would be revising it later. And my path uh, to the completed draft was probably about eight to ten pages a week, which is quite slow. But it, it was what it was. So once I had the first draft finished, I submitted it to a contest called Pitch Wars. You can check it out at pitchwars.org. So essentially, that is a mentoring contest. You enter the first chapter or two of your manuscript. And if selected, you work with a mentor for three months to perfect your manuscript in preparation for submitting it to agents. So this is quite early on in the publishing process you do this, but it's a free contest to enter, and I strongly recommend anyone who has a manuscript ready uh, at their opening times, which is several times during the year, to submit it there. So I submitted it. I was lucky enough to get picked. And then I worked with two mentors, uh, Leonie Kelsall and Marty Mabry, to 
try and turn my draft into something that an agent would consider. Because as if you want to go the publishing route, then an agent is your first step toward doing that because many of the larger or traditional publishers won't accept unsolicited manuscripts from new authors. They want everything to be gatekept by a agent. So trying to get one of those if you want to go the traditional path, and of course there are many paths to publication, is, is one of the steps you have to take. So three months of intense revision, um, we submitted The Brass Queen into the agent showcase. And this is an online forum where agents come and they review your pitch. Your pitch is essentially a very short summary of your book. It's a paragraph or two at the most, which details the essence of your book. And it's absolutely critical. That is well honed and suitable for a prime time audience before you submit your manuscript anywhere. Because if the agents don't like your pitch, they are not going to read your entire manuscript. So my pitch went on to the agent showcase and I got 10 requests for the full manuscript from various agents who review this showcase amongst all the other contestants. And I thought, that's it, job done. I've now had my uh, manuscript requested. It's probably going to be published in, I don't know, two months. Great. It's all over. And it was not the case at all, because if your listeners are at all familiar with the world of publishing, everything takes forever and nothing goes as planned. So although I had all these requests, months and months went by where I hadn't heard anything. Uh, so I decided to start sending out requests to the queries to other agents. That involves crafting a query letter, which takes your initial pitch and just expands on it slightly to get the agent's attention, usually with a sample of something like a few pages up to a first chapter or even up to the first 50 pages of your book. So I went through that rounds using a tool called Query Tracker to keep track of what I had done. Once I had submitted various rounds of that, I eventually signed with an agent. So again, I thought, this is it. I'm about to get published. Job done. No, that was not the case. Because although she uh, submitted it to all the different publishers and so on, my book is a gas lamp fantasy. It's a steampunk comedy. It's a romantic fantasy. It's cross-genre. Cross-genre books can appeal to a lot of different readers. They can have mainstream appeal and uh, they're just wonderful books to read, but they are hard to categorize. And believe it or not, publishing is a business and it's all about money and it's about categorizing your book into a marketing spot on the bookshelves so that the publishers can say, okay, these are the labels we attach to this particular book and this is who it will appeal to. And if your book in any way crosses genres, it can be difficult for them to do that. So the responses I got from all the publishers was, we love the book, it's funny, it's adventurous, it's wonderful, it's fantastic world building, blah, blah, but we have no idea how to sell it, so we'll have to pass. So that's a little bit um, of, a, of a downer after you've been through all this process, but you, the, one of the main things to keep you going through all this is just knowing that it's not about you personally, it's just about 
how will they market your book? So you have to bear that in mind. And just as long as you've written the best book, you can hold your head up high and keep going. So more uh, hurdles came up. My agent decided to quit the entire industry, which was unfortunate. And then I'm faced with the choice of, do I keep going with this traditional path? Do I Start applying to smaller publishers? Do I self publish? All of these are valid routes to get your work out there to connect with readers, which is the the main reason that we publish in the first place is to create that connection. After various tumbles, I ended up signing with CamCat Books, who's a small traditional publisher who are new on the scene and genre. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done fiction. So that's uh, sci-fi, fantasy, romance, um, all the westerns even. They're looking at all different genres. And they signed my book and we planned the book launch. And then of course, COVID hit. So I've had several postponed book launches and it's finally coming out on Tuesday. So the moral of the story is overnight success took me about six years from when I first got this notion in my head that I should write a book. So if you are on this journey yourself, just know it might take a while. It may not go as planned, but eventually if you stick it out, you will probably get to where you want to be. That's that's a great story. I'm curious, are there writers or novels that inspired you along the way of this journey that you just described? Oh, yes. I mean, even as a child, I always loved fantasy and science fiction. Basically, if it had aliens or cyborgs or uh, demons and dragons, whatever it was that had a fantastical element, that's what I loved. So from reading Tolkien up to uh, all the different Shinara novels, all those things. And when I was a teenager, I was very interested in science fiction and fantasy humor because humor is one of the driving things behind everything I write. So I was very inspired by Douglas Adams and The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. My favorite book of all time is Good Omens by Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. And actually, when I came over to live in America uh, 30-odd years ago, apart from a suitcase of clothes, the only thing I brought with me was my hardcover of Good Omens because I loved the book that much. I had the first edition from 1990, and it's the one thing I couldn't leave behind in England because it's my comfort read. It's what I always want to read. And I think Neil Gaiman and Terry Pratchett, for me, have those wonderful elements of the fantastic and also an enduring love for humanity, for all our flaws and foibles. There's a real admiration for the great things that people can do, all wrapped up with humor and fantastical elements. And that's what I love more than anything in reading a book. 
So are you working on another novel now? Yes, I am. I, I'm actually going to be writing the sequel to The Brass Queen. So in The Brass Queen, it's set in an alternate Victorian dimension. And uh, we have a cast of unlikely heroes who are thrust into potential world wars and so on, whilst also dealing with the comic aspects of a stolen invisibility serum. So they're in this madcap world where anything can happen. And in book two, our heroes are leaving Sheffield in Yorkshire, which is my hometown, and going off to Europe to battle bad guys and ne'er-do-wells over there, including the thugs from the British Museum, who, as we all know, are the greatest art pirates of all time. What writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories and novels? I believe that, for me, one of the things that works best is, before you even begin writing, is to imagine the entire story like a movie. Just just play it out in your head from start to finish. There may be cloudy moments and fade-outs where you're not sure where things go, but essentially, get that image in your head. See the characters, see it like a TV show or a movie, and then start your writing. Uh, Because I found if you view your story as if it's a movie, you can, as the editor, move backwards and forwards in in this mental movie to zoom in or zoom out to actually bring your characters into relief or to focus, for instance, on the setting or on a particular item in the setting or a moment of drama with dialogue. And that perspective, I think, helps give you a handle on the story as a whole versus, which is what I did when I first started, was having a blank piece of paper and sweating furiously over getting the exact words right in one sentence and then the next sentence. Yes, If I step back a little bit more and taken the cinematic view, I think I would have found it a lot easier to put those words down on paper. That's good advice. So what fiction or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Let's see. I read uh, a book, a nonfiction book by Donald Mass. I can't remember the exact title, but it was... Uh, useful in that it was talking about the different imagery of how to really create a vibrant picture that has emotional resonance for your reader. I always recommend the books by my mentor, David Farland, because he has been working with beginning writers for uh, uh, decades, and he's uh, his way of explaining things makes even of a complete beginner like me understand exactly what is going, uh, what he's uh, suggesting, and you can apply it easily to your own works. So I would definitely recommend all his nonfiction books. If you're looking for genre books on on how to really make the most of your particular genre, uh, one of the ones if you want to write a romance subplot uh, is by. Gwen Hayes. Let's see. I'm trying to remember the exact title. Of course, I'm one of these people who, if they see a, a movie or a TV show uh, or read a book, I remember the essence of it, but I never remember the titles. And uh, the same applies to song lyrics, actually. When I try to sing along with a song, my husband asked me to stop because I invariably mess up all the all the lyrics. Let's see. So Glenn Hayes, Gwen Hayes, 
is yes i can't see the actual title from here i've got book bookcases over here but i can't actually see them anyway so those are all great books that, that can help if in terms of fiction I am currently reading a book called Goldspun, which is not yet released, which is a Rumpelstiltskin retelling by my co-author at CamCat, Brandy, which is absolutely wonderful. Another CamCat author is Dead and Michael Bradley. He has written a thriller that was fun. And also uh, there is a gentleman called Jason Offit at my uh, publisher as well, who's written a, a wonderful time well time travel sci-fi novel called uh, uh, so you had to build a time machine which is i think the title basically says everything about about it that you need to know it's comedy it's sci-fi and so on unfortunately for the last few months i haven't been casting my net too wide because i as a member of a small new publishing company one does have a responsibility and also uh, a desire to read and help fellow authors and I think if your readers are joining smaller publishers that team effort that camaraderie is very important you want to help your fellow authors to uh, develop their works to the to the best of their ability uh, and you also uh, want their feedback on your on your works in progress and so on as well so that's if you are going with a, a smaller author just bear in mind that if you're a team player you'll get more out of the experience than if you're sitting on the sidelines that's great where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novel well my uh, website is www.elizabethchatsworth.com and essentially you'll find a summary of the brass queen there and uh, there's we've just launched a book trailer there's all the reviews and so on and currently there is a pre-order offer if anyone uh, is interested in the book there are three sample chapters on the website uh, where you can get all sorts of goodies so do check it out and see if it's your cup of tea Great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Elizabeth Chatsworth, author of the debut novel, The Brass Queen. The book is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Elizabeth, Elizabeth, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information,
information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.